Passage Radio. Commence broadcast in three, two, one. You're listening to The Edge. Everything bass fishing. Coming to you nationwide from the Bass Edge Studios. Yo, 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 a a a a Ron! It's so freaking cold, man, I can't even speak it right. I just ch- chitter-chatter all over the place. Dude, it's it's January, middle of January. It's freaking cold out, but uh, there's still some bass fishing going on, right? Oh, there is. There definitely is. I will say I've been uh, kind of waxing my snow skis as I leave next week. I'm going to be focused on that for a little while, but the fishing that I have been doing, no surprise, what's tied on the end of my line is called an ice bait because it is cold. <laughs> you got that little Rapallo jigging minnow going down there? Absolutely, <laughs> and they are eating it. <laughs> what What is your favorite way to kind of attack the waters here mid-January? Well, you know, on the waters I fish, which is predominantly Table Rock, Lake of the Ozarks, that it's going to really just just come down to a couple things, a handful of baits, right? One is the ice bait, certainly. Uh, I do like to actually throw a jerk bait. You know, I mean, that's that's one of the favorite things that I, that I absolutely love to do. I think we'd be remiss not to include the A-Rig in there, but those are probably my top three picks. How about you, Kurt? Uh, well, let me ask you first. How do you test the ice? How do you test if it's thick enough? <laughs> I, uh, I call you and say, hey, can you run out here for me? <laughs> <laughs> well, that ain't going to happen, brother. You better find a new way. But uh, I, I tell you what, you know, this time of year, year down here in the south it's real interesting you know you can get a couple of warm days and, and some fish you know really kind of start making some pre-spawn movement days are starting to get longer december 20 don't forget is what, what do they call that you know there's some kind of solstice uh, yeah yeah winter solstice thank you very much i can always rely on you for technical information Steel trap. So, uh, <laughs> so winter solstice december 20 you know it's been a month now you know the days are getting longer so uh, there is some fish that are starting to make those moves and 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 um, quite frankly, the water temp isn't getting any warmer, but they're starting to notice that daylight change. So um, I, I really love to throw the football jig this time of year. Deep ledges are really good on any kind of highland lake down south. You get in some of these flatland lakes like uh, Toledo Bend, Sam Rayburn, or even some river systems over at Alabama River. You can stay shallow all winter. So uh, keep that in mind that there's a lot of stuff going on in the winter. You just really got to be careful to keep the pace slow for a lot of these fish so they'll, they'll track down that bait and um, man this is the time of year to catch some of the absolute biggest fish out there so uh this is a fun time for me i really enjoy it no doubt no doubt and you know our earlier comment i, I will say i had that new nitro out running and just kind of not going real fast but uh, a little bit out of practice because i'm not used to seeing that little skim of ice on top kurt and i don't think that uh, my keel guard protects the entire hole of that new nitro boat but speaking of which that's one thing you got to be careful of and also man am i ever glad i had it on there because when i came up to the boat ramp being able to just pull right up on the boat ramp the ramp was actually frozen a little bit launched that boat just wait there. It didn't have to actually walk through water. But as always, we are presented by Omega Wear Keel Guard. Put on the protection the pros pick. Be sure if you don't have yours, visit them at keelguard.com and look at the phenomenal products that they have. Kurt, you spoke about kind of down there in your area. One question I do have before we kind of uh, segue into a different segment here. 
what is kind of the coolest water temperature that you kind of see across Texas? Does it vary a lot or is it pretty consistent? It does. It varies uh, a decent amount. You know, we get these fronts that come in for two or three days and it warms back up. The lowest temperatures I've ever seen here are high 40s. Typically, our water temperature stays in that low 50 range. Real common to see 52, 53 degree water temps, which is crazy because, you, you know, guys up north, they start talking about, you know, ice out, you know, coming up hopefully here in the next couple months. I know they're all having cabin fever, but love listening to Bass Edge Radio. Appreciate having you guys here. But those folks, you know, when it gets mid 40s, those bass really start to chew. So it's definitely a little bit different game down south, but uh, that, that typical low end of the water temperature, high 40s, low 50s, much more consistent. But uh, those bass, definitely sluggish, slow down. You can still have great success in the south. Come on down, get a plan plane ticket come down south catch some bass hey in florida a couple warm days those fish are on the bed some yeah no doubt those 40s and 50s though for our northern brother that's normally 40 to 50 below so use your de-icer if you're getting on a plane matter of fact i do want to throw out uh, we'd received some emails from a listener up in vermont that said hey why don't you guys ever talk about ice fishing so we will be sure to at least have uh, some sort of expert on that me i'm not one of them but unfortunately time is flying by we owe you a break we'll be right back Great electronics tip brought to you by protecttheharvest.com. Hey, this is Kurt Dove. Wanted to bring you a quick tip that I think is going to help you out there on the water when you're looking for any type of fish. But a lot of times we can dictate what type of fish they are on the electronics. One way I really think it's important is using your down imaging. I use Lowrance Electronics. Use that down imaging. The most important aspect is speed, your rate of speed while you're viewing the down imaging, you definitely want to be as slow as possible, but no more than about five miles an hour. You start getting over that five mile an hour mark, you start kind of blurring the picture a little bit. So keep your idle to a very slow pace. The second very important part of that is put your frequency on 455. That 455 frequency is going to give you a much stronger and more detailed view on that down image screen because the cone angle is so narrow. It's much more narrow than that 800 frequency. So utilize that 455 frequency. You're going to see a lot more detail. Make sure you go slow. You're going to find more fish on those Lowrance electronics. Thanks, Kurt. First by land and now by sea. For years, Lucas Oil has been a staple in high-performance vehicles on both the road and track. Now, from the makers of Lucas Oil comes Lucas Marine products, specifically engineered for marine applications. Protect and lubricate your marine inboard, outboard, or high-performance boat with Lucas Marine Engine Oil or Lucas Synthetic-Based Oil. Learn more about the complete line of Lucas Oil and Marine products. Visit lucasoil.com. Now you can order Bass Edge Season 3 on DVD. Own the best resource for tips and techniques in bass fishing as host Aaron Martin tackles lakes across the country with the industry's top pro anglers, including Denny Brower, Boyd Duckett, Randy Howell, and Dave Wolak. This two-disc set includes all 13 episodes. That's over 10 hours of Bass Edge, including interviews, bloopers, and highlights, all for just $19.95. Order online at BassEdge.com. And be sure to check out previously released DVDs like Bass Edge Seasons 1 and 2 and Electronics 101. Bass Edge, Season 3, now on DVD at BassEdge.com. 
what is new and fresh around the sport of bass fishing here the last couple of weeks? Man, the, you know, some of the recent news I've been seeing and hearing about is the uh, no culling rule up in Minnesota. If we reach back into the archives, we've got uh, Brandon Polinick was leading a BASS Elite Series up on the uh, Mississippi River, uh, which, you know, straddles up there. He, the, the tournament was actually out of La Crosse, Wisconsin, but the uh, Mississippi River there in that part of the country actually straddles Minnesota and Wisconsin. So uh, in that particular event, um, Brandon was out to a smoking lead. I mean, like basically destroying the field and, uh, poor guy dude he got caught up in the no call rule over on the minnesota side and he ended up culling in an area he shouldn't have been culling whereas you can cull in wisconsin but anyway crazy rules that they are it's all being changed now so uh great news for those anglers up north that you can cull now in minnesota so if you're fishing the mississippi river whether you're on the minnesota side or the wisconsin side or down in iowa or wherever it is that you're fishing up there you can now cull. So I think it's great. You know, you're going to see those kind of innovations and movements from, you know, these these fish and wildlife departments and, and game and fish departments, um, because some of these rules that they have there have been there for eons, just forever. You know? So, do, so we, uh, do we know why or what brought this about, Kurt? I mean, it can't be just specifically because of sheer tournament anglers, right? I mean, are, do they have any empirical data that supports that, or is it just, is it in fact from tournament angling? I believe it is from organizations that brought this to the attention to the state of Minnesota and, and let them know, hey, you know, you've got an archaic rule here and, it, and it's not good for your economic base. It's not good for, you know, the fishing industry, you know, bringing tournaments and those types of things. Um, so I really think, you know, your conservation groups from your big organizations like BASS and FLW are the ones that spearhead a lot of these movements that impact tournament fishing and the economic uh, benefits for communities in those areas. So um, I, I think that's the biggest thing. I don't think there's any data that it's good or bad to call, just like you go to some of these other lakes and you have slot limits or no slot limits. You know, it's some some of it's just been there for eons and, and some of it's obviously utilized for good conservation efforts in a particular area. But as far as the no calling rule, I think it was just something that was left on the books and um, I'm personally happy as gone. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And uh, everybody in Minnesota who's now under ice, uh, they don't have to worry about culling at the moment. Probably. That's right. And, and talking about ice, it is the time of year when if you're not out there dressed right, Aaron, you are coming off the water right quick. You got any special secrets you can share with the listeners that will keep us all out on the water a little bit longer in these cold weather conditions? Well, buddy, I do only because, you know, the only way to get better at something is doing it wrong uh, for a long time. And certainly I did that. <laughs> um, but, you know, having grown up in the Midwest where the weather, you, you know, in the morning you can go out and it's in the single digits and then it warms up as the day goes on. What I figured out and part of this too Kurt is just like the advancements of in electronics and lures and line whatever there's been a huge advancement right in technical gear and I have definitely spent money to do that because the worst thing that you mentioned you know I snow ski also so I hate to be cold because that is a dangerous scenario to mess with uh, and certainly a lot less enjoyable the biggest thing that I can pass on is the use of layers the base layer has to be wool merino wool in my opinion because that wicks the moisture away from the skin and you start out you know icebreaker is the choice that I look at but you know there's smart wool there's Patagonia there's all kinds of brands but spend the money and it's probably going to cost you about 200 bucks to get that base layer then after that if you can add 
two, depending on the temperature, if you can add two to three more layers and then just put an outer shell that keeps, that is waterproof, that keeps that wind from penetrating that, you will stay as warm as toast. And then instead of as you're up and down behind that console, you're moving a lot, you can start shedding layers versus having to take the big parka or the winter coats or the guide wear like we're all used to growing up, you know, 10, 15 years ago. That's the way that I found best to approach winter fishing. Yeah, key there for me is that outer shell layer. You know, I'm always throwing my rain jacket on there and, you know, we, we've got no affiliation with branding, but I got to say that Sims rain gear is some of the best stuff I have ever had. It is super waterproof, windproof, and uh, a great outer shell layer of clothing that really goes a long way in, in this time of year. So uh, those are great tips, man. I think really important because we, we got to keep fishing, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. You don't have a lot of daylight this time of year, even though the days are getting longer. We just don't have a lot of time as much as what we're used to and certainly uh, have to stay warm. Talking about that outer shell, kind of relating that and trying to do a segue here into our Lucas Oil Industry Spotlight. Somebody that is an angler, but also on the peripheral, is our next guest who has been, really, I'm going to throw it out there, a legend in the sport, and that is Major League Fishing Commissioner, Mr. Don Rux. Let's go see what he has to say. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. KeelGuard keel protectors. Hi, this is George Cochran. I'm Dave Wolak. Hey, Edge listeners, this is Clark Winman. Hi, I'm Chris Ball. Hi, this is Jim Tut, and you're listening to The Edge. Today here at Bass Edge, we're going deep into an industry insider. Major League Fishing has taken the bass fishing market by storm since its first airing in 2012. So we bring you the commissioner of MLF, Don Rux, for a little Q&A. Welcome to the show, Don. Hey, guys. I'm glad to be here. Don, we're certainly uh, glad to have you here. For the Bass Edge veterans and, I guess, bass fishing junkies, you're obviously no stranger. But for those perhaps a, a little newer to the bass fishing sport, uh, or certainly to the competitive side, you know, you've been around quite a while in bass fishing really want you to kind of dive off into some of those stories that, you know, I'm just going to throw it out there of really how you made the sport what it is today. And certainly within uh, the bass fishing world prior to your current position with Major League Fishing. Well, okay. Uh, First of all, I've been involved in personally bass fishing and tournament fishing for over 35 years. And I've done that at all levels from uh, bass club level to team trails to even um, I'd call myself almost a semi-pro, like a lot of like, like a lot of guys do. Don't ever take the big step, but you get to be a pretty good stick. And then I was uh, as as my career trucked along beside it, I was a corporate sponsor with Sitco Petroleum, and we were corporate sponsors of both FLW and Bass. And then of course. For about two years, I was the general manager of Bass. So what that all says is that uh, I have a unique position of uh, having experience on all sides of the desk. So I have experience as an angler. I have experience as a sponsor. I have experience in managing sponsors. And, of course, I, I have experience in managing fishing organizations. And, of course, now I'm with Major League Fishing, and, and I've been with them for about six years and so it's a little bit more to that side again. So that should give you the general uh, background of uh, 
who I am. Well, and, you know, I want to point out, Don, I think it's very, very important. I, I think that's why you are so good and your your tenure within the industry has just been so successful is because first and foremost, right, you're a fan. You're passionate about the sport. You live it, you breathe it. And then being able to take that passion kind of into the workforce, there's a lot of us anglers that are out there that quite honestly have benefited from kind of your involvement and the many hats that you've worn throughout that time. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's right. And, uh, you know, I was able to be innovative at, at certain points. Uh, you know, when I was the GM at, at Bass, uh, uh, I was the one that created what's currently still the Elite Series uh, with the wrap boats. And, you know, FLW came out with, you know, kind of a wrapped boat. They actually did it as more of a, an actual in the uh, fiberglass at first. But because of my experience uh, with Sitco also managing NASCAR and some other big sports, I saw it was important to be able to build the brands of the individual anglers as well as add more color to the sport of bass fishing. And that, that's one of the things I'm, I'm most proud of for helping to push that change through. I think it's cool how it just comes across so easy for you that you, know, you kind of developed the Elite Series, right? I mean, that's like the biggest thing that there was prior to Major League Fishing. Huge accomplishments, Don, and uh, awesome to hear some of those things that you've been involved with and, and really helps uh, you know listeners understand where you've been in the sport. Moving forward, I'm guessing that most folks had no clue, obviously, of that involvement. Many folks wonder how things are evolved. Can you tell our listeners how Major League Fishing was conceptualized and how it's led up to become basically the number one fishing show on television? Yes, I can. It's, it was actually a perfect storm. And uh, what I mean by that is just everything like lined up perfectly. Uh, there was a group of about 15 anglers that had gotten together under the name of Pro Bass Tour. And uh, those 15 anglers invested a little bit of money. They had an idea and they were trying to get traction. And I think they spent about a year, maybe a year and a half uh, without much success. They reached out to me uh, because I knew some of them. And of course, then, the, the, then everything started to move. I reached out to Jim Wilburn, which I think many of your listeners know, but if not, he's the actual general manager of Major League Fishing. He's been in the fishing industry for a long time as well, uh, mainly from a sponsorship sales standpoint. Uh, Jim at that time was actually an employee of Outdoor Channel. Outdoor Channel was looking to make more fishing programming to transition a little bit away from being almost 100% hunting. And Jim had the charge of trying to come up with some ideas. So once I contacted him, he and I went to meet a group of anglers in Muskogee, Oklahoma, and that started the discussions. And then it was followed up by another discussion. And this would have been in probably late 2009. We heard the anglers' idea. Um, A lot of it is what you see on TV today. And it just kind of came together. Uh, My experience in being in marketing and branding and so on, we basically named the event. Uh, They had a lot of the penalties and rules that you see today. We helped smooth those out for them. And we just have a very unique team because we have uh, top anglers who are part of that team. We work very closely with, you know, Boyd Duckett and Gary Klein, uh, uh, which are two of the innovators of the the, uh, fishing format. And at the same time, you, you had me in the picture, you had Jim Wilburn, and you had Outdoor Channel, which had the programming available. And so that group has remained very tight together. We don't do anything unless everybody agrees. And um, that's kind of hard to do uh, when you have anglers and, you know, <laughs> and sponsorship sales and the television media. 
but that's the way we've done it, and that's the success of it. Well, and success it certainly has been because it's obviously it's no secret that Major League Fishing has developed just a tremendous following very, very quickly. And certainly it's not lost on me, you know, Don, that you have a business to run, right? It has to be profitable for it to be able to continue to move on. But one of the things that you guys have uniquely done is kind of tie in that competitive aspect of bringing really notoriety and publicity to the sponsors, which is equitable for them. And through kind of curtainized behind the scenes look of, of knowing those values that stand behind you guys. And like you said, you guys all having to agree, you've also been able to tie in really just kind of the education piece for the grassroots anglers. And that's very important to us here at obviously at Bass Edge because of raising that fishing IQ. But what are you looking as you're looking down the road now for 2017 and beyond? How does Major League Fishing look to kind of raise that bar and continue that momentum that you've already built? Well, I'd like to start out by saying, you know, we have um, we have a lot of ideas but we kind of stick by one belief, and that is that we're trying to move slower, but move in the right direction. And so while we will continue to grow uh, and to announce more new things, we're just not going to do it at a fast pace that many times creates uh, mistakes. In fact, uh, we've got a very large announcement. I wish I could share it with you today. It's really going to raise the bar once again for Major League Fishing and for the sport in general. But uh, we have thoughts. We'd like to be able to get more everyday anglers involved in Major League Fishing. Uh, we would like to continue to expand. I think we will, but I think, you know, timing is everything. But we, we do have plans of continuing to grow the brand and to grow the offering uh, to the marketplace. Don, well, you know, you talked about Jim Wilburn, the general manager of Major League Fishing. Uh, lots of uh, Bass Edge listeners know Trip Weldon, the tournament director at BASS. You got Bill Taylor, the tournament director at uh, the FLW Tour. So you're the commissioner. Uh, very interesting title right there. How is it to work with the anglers, considering they have officials in the boats, uh, you know, obviously the duration of competition with rules violation? How does the commissioner's role fit into the process? And I'm guessing at times things might get a little heated. Well, yeah, um, you know, uh, <laughs> one of the reputations I have is, of course, uh, uh, having a few run-ins with the uh, anglers, you know, and, and having some tense times. I think all of it's natural and it's all the same as uh, with any uh, uh, big major sport. Um, but I don't think there's anything that uh, that hasn't been worked out to make it better for everybody else when we've, when we've come to some of those kind of places. You know, regarding rules and violations, Best way I'd answer that would be to tell you that everybody that's involved in it is a, is a pro. Of course, the anglers and the boat officials are both professionals. These boat officials are trained up. Um, the anglers are trained up. But, you know, occasionally there's going to be a little tenseness in the boat. You know, I get a phone call. I make the decision, and uh, and we move on. And usually there's nothing very serious about it at all. Uh, we're just trying to do the same thing as the NFL does with their NFL referees or Major League Baseball does with their umpires. It's the same thing. And uh, as you see in those other big sports, you know, the players aren't always satisfied with the calls. And so there's a little of that. There's a little of that, but uh, I wouldn't say we have anything serious at all. Well, kind of along those same lines, Don, obviously with any production or sporting event, obviously what is kind of seen on TV is only a microcosm of really what's going on. So kind of take a look into uh, the behind the scenes look up to this point. What's your most memorable moments from, from those things that don't necessarily make it through the other side? 
side of the lens? Well, uh, well, so, some humorous things. I've had boat officials fall in the lake in freezing cold weather. Uh, we've had uh, camera operators. Uh, we've had one camera go over a boat into the lake. We've had another camera operator uh, have his uh, camera run over in a parking lot. Uh, we've had uh, boat officials get pretty serious discussions uh, with anglers uh, over a call. Like I say, it's uh, there's only one that I can remember that uh, I won't mention his name, but it was a pretty heated conversation and carried on uh, throughout the event between uh, uh, one of our cup anglers and one of our boat officials. But the boat official was right, and of course I supported him, and that was the end of the story. So that's uh, that's what it is. You know, regarding all of our events, probably the most uh, memorable one for me has to do with the very first one, and that's Amistad. And that's when we crowned uh, Brent Ayler as the as our first champion, and it was it was just unique to watch that whole new format. And we had this idea, and we planned and planned and planned, but until you put it in in place and watch these uh, electronic scoreboards work and boat officials calling penalties, you know, it was it was very memorable to see that happen. All good stuff right there, Don. Hang on tight. Let's get back to this in a moment. We're going to take a short break. Bass Edge will return. Sign up to become an O'Reilly O Rewards member today and start earning instantly. O Rewards members earn $5 back for every $150 they spend, so if you haven't become a member yet, what are you waiting for? It's fast, easy, and free. O Rewards, it's your road to exclusive offers only at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. See store for details. O, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Bass Edge, presented by MegaWare Keelguard, returns with Major League Fishing Commissioner Don Rux in the Lucas Oil Industry Spotlight. That's right, Lucas Oil, high-performance marine products from real oils to two-cycle outboard oil that surpasses all manufacturer's requirements. Visit them at lucasoil.com. It works. Don, I want to transition kind of into what you had mentioned earlier on that uh, talking about kind of your acumen as a knowledgeable angler and seeing all these events from your vantage point, what makes a good angler in the major league fishing format? You know, I'm going to answer your question, but first of all, I would like to talk about pro anglers in general because I try to do this every opportunity I have. As I'm sure a lot of your listeners, as well as a lot of other ones to come along, will dream about becoming a professional angler. And they should continue that dream. But they need to understand these professional anglers work very hard at their craft. Um, It's not just the fishing in the tournaments. Of course, that's the fun part, but even that can be grueling if things aren't going your way. But they spend a lot of time in preparation. They spend a lot of time with their sponsor obligations. Uh, and it's really something that I've come to respect over the years because I'm like everybody else. I just love to go bass fishing, and it looks cool when these guys do it, and the, th- the fact that they get to do it for a living. But uh, I just want everybody to know they are putting in their work and uh, there's a lot behind the scenes on that. To answer your question, the successful anglers in our format, in my opinion, after I've watched it all this time, are the anglers that have the ability to change and to change fast and to change many times during the day. They have to clear their minds of what's worked for them in the past and what's worked for them. Obviously, they're going to try those things, but they got to be able to try something new. they got to be able to make those decisions fast because that clock is running. And the ones that are able to do that 
are the ones that are most successful. Well, Don, MLS has several new anglers coming into the format for the uh, 2017 events. We've got Dave LaFribra, Zach Burge, Chris Lane, Russ Lane, Wesley Strader, and Casey Ashley. How does an angler get selected to enter into Major League Fishing? Well, Major League Fishing, uh, it's, uh, it, it, we have what we call a potential angler pool. And this is where anglers, actually, they call me personally and say, I'm interested in fishing in Major League Fishing. And we generally are looking for anglers that have pro experience or have a great personality or have a very good current skill level. So in other words, if you don't have a deep pro experience, but you are a hot commodity in the marketplace and you've got a good personality, that's something that's going to be attracted to us. Uh, because we are a television show and entertainment-based, we, we look a lot, we do a lot of research on the particular anglers before, they, uh, before they're invited. You know, as we mentioned earlier, as Major League Fishing grows, we'd like to create some lower levels where people earn their way in to, say, the selects. Um, but at this point, we do it uh, uh, as a potential angler pool. We'd like them to either be fishing on the FLW Tour or the Bassmaster Elites. That's not 100%. We do have some that are open anglers or uh, Costa anglers, um, but that's a, they're, they're minimal, and our first choice is uh, the ones that are on the bigger tours. So that's how that works. And if anybody's interested and has those qualifications, they should simply just uh, reach out to me. So uh, interesting discussion, you know, out there on the street and uh, wondering if this has ever been brought up behind closed doors there at the hallways of Major League Fishing. How about potential uh, weekend anglers or lady anglers? Has there ever been uh, talk of getting those folks in the mix at some point? Yes, there has been. In fact, that may be in the not-too-distant future. We've had recent conversations in the last uh, 30 days about how to make that possible. So it is something in the works, so just stay tuned. Um, I can't promise it'll happen, but uh, I have a good feeling that that's going to be something that, that can happen here pretty quickly. Well, that's exciting news for Bass Edge listeners, no doubt. You've, of course, been able to stand by every winner of every MLF event. Uh, I'm lucky enough to stand by you and, and raise the plaque at one point. Uh, <laughs> what event sticks out for you the most in the short history of Major League Fishing? You mentioned Amistad a little bit earlier, but uh, any other memories that, that are important to you as far as that really helped MLF kick off in great growth? You know, I don't want to be redundant, but I have to go back to that Amistad again and for a different reason, to be a little bit more clear. You know, just watching it unfold, watching that new game being developed, you know, I just, at the end of that event, I knew at that time that it had the opportunity to change the sport. And I think it is changing the sport. Uh, obviously, there's other people fishing a lot of different ways, and we want that to continue, and we don't have any problems with that. But we think we are evolving uh, slowly. And I really do feel that I felt that at the time in Amistad, and that, that's the most memorable thing to me. In other words, I said, I think we got something here, boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe, too, the fact that probably one of the lesser-known anglers, certainly we've we've come to know one of the best anglers in the world, but at the time, maybe one of the lesser-known anglers from the FLW Tour, Brent Ayler, took the cake down there at Amistad. So I yeah, think that was, that's exactly, that was a yeah. very good point as well. Yeah, it's certainly neat to see, Don, how, you know, it's almost like watching your child grow up, right? It's, uh, yeah. you, you get to see it, you know, evolve into this, this thing that uh, you 
only dreamed. And, and a lot of times it probably supersedes some of your expectations in some of those areas. And, you know, along those same lines, we're, we're kind of in a generation now, right, to where it's all about instant gratification and just the sheer speed of which information is exchanged that uh, I'm sure most of us in the media realm kind of has our head spinning at some point in time of how to keep up. But I did notice a new way to watch the, uh, quote, on demand, pardon the pun, there through the Major League Fishing website. Is that similar to the extended cast that Major League Fishing previously offered? Yeah, it's, it's very, very similar. In fact, uh, one of the reasons we discontinued the extended cast is because this new thing was coming up. And what we're talking about here is simply MLF to go, which allows you to watch it on any mobile device or you're on your computer. And uh, that makes it a lot better. It's, it appeals to people that basically don't get outdoor channel on their cable and also people that do but want to watch it, you know, when they're traveling or, or other things. And uh, to find out more about it, you just go to mlf Now, mlf is a partnership with My Outdoor TV. So when you, you'll eventually see that. And My Outdoor TV is a site that offers hunting and fishing programming. So it's not just major league fishing. And that was developed by Outdoor Channel. And so that's a way for people to be able to watch it uh, in a different way. I know a lot of fans are going to be excited about that. I'm sure you guys got a lot of feedback after the extended cast wasn't available, but uh, this will be a great new way for fans to stay involved and uh, stay up with all the latest episodes of Major League Fishing. And guys, it's time for our O'Reilly Auto Parts Better Parts, Better Prices Every Day listener question segment. Don, today's question comes from Justin out of California. Thought this was right down your alley. Justin asks, I have always been interested in a career in the fishing industry. I'd love to fish tournaments professionally, but unfortunately, I'm in my 30s and the reality is I just don't think I have what it takes to make it. Besides tackle shops and Department of Fish and Game, what other careers are in the fishing industry that may not be obvious to the general public? Well, I would probably just drill it down to one thing. This may come out easier said than done, but I think it is practical enough for for an individual to seek out. And that would be to get in the fishing industry in the area of sales and or marketing. And the reason why I say that, first of all, those categories can be lucrative. Uh, income-wise, and those things will take you very deep into the sport. So if you were able to, you know, latch on with somebody uh, in their sales and marketing areas, it is something that uh, I think you would find enjoyable. When you take a broad term like sales and marketing, there's many facets of sales and marketing. That doesn't mean you have to be a great salesperson. It can be a support area for sales or helping to develop strategies for sales. Same in marketing. Marketing is one of those big terms. So I won't describe them all to you, but I would narrow it down. I would find out everything I could about sales and marketing and then start applying that to the fishing industry. And would you agree, Don, that really that kind of ties right in with why so many people are attracted to the sport of fishing is figuring out, right, how to get that fish to bite and how to respond to what it is that you have to offer. And some days it's going to be a good day and some days not so much, but the bottom line, you got to keep out there and keep after it. Yeah, the most exhilarating part of it is is everything from electronics to lures to rods and reels, all equipment, you know, and companies and people are making that better and trying to present it to consumers all over the world. And so that's where I would try to get my nose in things. And I'm saying that also because that's my background as well. But uh, I just think that's where I would go if I were in this situation. Yeah, great advice there. And certainly, Don, we appreciate you tackling that question for Justin. Justin, here's your instructions. You've got to email us through our website, BassEdge.com, by clicking on the Claim Your Prize tab. Let us know that you heard your question answered on the show, as well as provide us 
with that mailing address so that we can send out that O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card. As always, Bass Edge listeners, a reminder, sending those questions through our social media, Facebook page or Twitter handle. And you can also shoot us an email to support at BassEdge.com and be eligible to win that next O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card. Well, Don, certainly a fantastic discussion. As always, really appreciate just hanging out with you and spending time. It's amazing uh, how much more I learn every time that we talk. But any final words or closing thoughts as we shut this segment down? Well, I'd be remiss if I didn't tell uh, our fans out there how much we appreciate them. And to them, I would just like to say thank you because without them, we wouldn't, Major League Fishing wouldn't be where it is today. Well, Don, certainly enlightening for all our listeners today. Glad you were on the show. I got to send you off with our new segment, Four Last Questions for You. I'm going on vacation. Where do you recommend? Lake Picachos in Mexico. I would hook up with Ron Speed Jr.'s Adventures, and you're going to have a great vacation. That's where I'm heading personally. What is the last picture you took with your phone? Uh, that was my only granddaughter. She's pretty grown now, but she's beautiful on the inside and out. And what body of water did you catch your first bass? <laughs> That's easy. I remember it. It's Greenleaf Lake in Braggs, Oklahoma. And what is your favorite television show? Uh, that has to be the Game of Thrones. I mean, that's just really an awesome show. Awesome. Well, thanks, Don. Bass Edge Radio will be right back. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong current or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. Keel Guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. Keel Guard keel protectors. You know, Kurt, I felt like that interview we could have probably did about an hour and a half and still not scratched the surface of kind of what is between the ears of, of Commissioner Don Rux. He's a great guy. He is very to the point, as as he mentioned, being commissioner can be tough sometimes. But, uh, you know, he makes a call and sticks with it. And uh, his overall knowledge of this industry, it's not matched by many others. Let, let's put it that way. So um, there's a reason why Major League Fishing is as successful as it is. And a piece of that puzzle is Don Rux. And got to throw out Jim Wilburn and, and a lot of other, you know, great folks that, that work with them over over there, the production crew, and there's a lot of great people over there, but Don is a big piece of that puzzle, and, and that's why he was brought in. And I thought he really just laid it out there for our listeners today and give them a good insider's look of what Major League Fishing is all about and, and where it came from and where it potentially will go. Well, and it stems from, you know, like, uh, let's say a, a family business, right? Most kids that grow up in a family business, they start out on a loading dock or washing dishes, right, at the very low levels of the entry into the sport or the industry, 
And that's really what Don has done and why I think he is so successful because he has been through the trenches. He's an angler, loves to compete, very driven about driving the education and the continuation of the sport. And then also certainly brings a certain business acumen to the sport that is really throttled and kind of fueled the growth of Major League Fishing. But even beyond that, Kurt, I thought his advice that he gave concerning entrance into the industry that Justin had asked about his question, great stuff there as well. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, you know, it just never stops. I like I like that he, you know, when we asked the question about maybe some uh, weekend anglers or lady anglers getting involved in, in uh, Major League Fishing, you know, that possibility is out there. So uh, it, it's got to be exciting for everybody listening to Bass Edge just because um, you see the growth where, where this potentially, you know, could end up. And uh, you never know. We might have a listener on the show right now that could be in Major League Fishing one day in the near future. No doubt. And, uh, you know, certainly I can say just with the, the growth of, of Bass Edge over the many years that, that we've done this, I guess, nine now. It's really neat to see what things and how things go when you get good people surrounded, you know, as your team. And certainly Don, like you mentioned, has a lot of those out there. But unfortunately, speaking of good people for Kurt Dove, I am Aaron Martin. We need to close episode 248 down as uh, we'll try and get out of this frozen tundra, hopefully by the time that we are recording the February 1st episode. Want everybody to have a great week. Be sure to tune us in next time, February 1st. But in the meantime, visit BassEdge.com for continuing video articles and certainly education. So long, everybody. is presented by MegaWare KeelGuard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com and be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by Nitro Boats, O'Reilly Auto Parts, Lucas Oil, ProtectTheHarvest.com, Mercury Marine, Lowrance Electronics, PowerPole, and Rapaholic.com.